Merci, Jeanette. Ah, oh, merci, Jeanette. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry, and in this 24th episode, I'm here with Marie-Claude and Amy. Through this podcast, we discuss their project called Beau Nectar, their new album, Tulips, being multidisciplinary artists in 2023, bilingualism, and having a long-distance professional relationship. We also play Dream Fest. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. For those who are new to the podcast, Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everybody that works in it, lives it, loves it, and surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or even taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a movie in the, in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, I have the immense pleasure of welcom welcoming my friends, and even now colleagues to the podcast. Beau Nectar, formerly Marie-Claude X. Amy, is a collaboration between two bilingual singer-songwriters separated by kilometers of forests, rivers, mountains, and prairies. Marie-Claude, Franco-Ontarienne, and Amy, Francasquoise, deliver intimate, vibrant, and surreal electronic pop with ecofeminism. Uh, sorry, ecofeminist lyrics that spark their fans' empathy towards nature. <laughs> Having recently signed with Indica Records, the duo released their first album, Tulips, on June 2nd, which is uh, just a couple weeks ago. So yeah, for more information and to get in touch with Bonectal, check them out on their Instagram page at Bonectal or visit them at their website, bonectal.ca. It'll be in the uh, description below. Um, so without further ado, please welcome Marco and Amy to the podcast. Woo! Hello. Hey. Hey. How are you both? Good. Thank you. Good. Yeah. yeah. We're in this beautiful home here, and we're in Lorignal, Ontario, Eastern Ontario. Mm -hmm. um, where I'm from. Yeah, 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 mm -hmm. where my is from. Uh, this is great, like, a river. Uh, sort of a bay of, and um, having a great time. We're, we're sort of in rehearsals currently for uh, a tour that's about to happen. For a show, mm -hmm. I guess second show tonight, but the album, the actual album release show at Indica. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excited about that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. We're going to start the podcast with uh, a, po a question that we normally ask on the podcast. Everybody knows who's been listening. Um, is your favorite show as a fan? So we'll, we'll take two here. Um, it's rare that I've, I've both, yeah, yeah, I, have that I've, I have two guests. Um, um, definitely my favorite show would be uh, seeing Radiohead at, at the Centre Belle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like hadn't seen Radiohead and they're my favorite band. So yeah. I can't believe I saw them so late in life, but obviously things have to kind of perfectly line up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I have shows, when they have shows. Totally. <laughs> and cities. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just like mind blowing and it was so emotional and yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously dope. Mm -hmm. A recent thing? <laughs> no, it's like pre-pandemic, like right before the pandemic. Yeah, when yeah, they yeah. were like, I guess it was like 2018 or 2019 mm -hmm. in Montreal. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I haven't seen them yet. And what? Yeah, it's my favorite band. I, a lot of people. But you've seen Tom. York. I've seen Tom. Yeah. Yeah. Live. So I'm like, at least you've seen like a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. large component. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. 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 But me too. I know like, I'm gonna cry. When oh, I, I cried like the that. entire way. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was also upset at times. Like I had like a range of emotions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of just kind of the songs or like the just like it's radiohead songs it's just like yeah. has every single emotion you can think of yeah, plus yeah. it's like super nostalgic because like yeah. i started listening to radiohead when i was like 13 yeah 
you know so it's like these these songs have followed me all the way into into my 30s like yeah, yeah especially yeah. even now with like smile and like you know it's just like it's a yeah it's history like yeah. for me so good yeah so good Amy, what about you what's your favorite show <clears throat> well i saw celine dion in vegas which <sighs> was like a really cool experience yeah um and i was late which is <laughs> um as i do um it was really cool because she did like a little intimate there was like a little intimate section of the show oh yeah with like a little curtain that kind of broke i've like, seen it too yeah i made the it's like so little good. St- made the stage little okay and she's with her family and they were just singing a uh, medley <laughs> of her like really popular songs so it was actually like a really cool experience at the that's another Coliseum. crying show yeah did you, did you cry during I, didn't, the show? I didn't cry it's weird i don't really cry during shows but some maybe i didn't cry i think i was just more like in awe, in awe. like the whole time i was like is this Celine? i was trying to be present <laughs> like i was trying to like remember the me- like remember it so that i would have the memory yeah. later but i was like am i really seeing her like she's right there yeah so that was what i was focused on yeah <laughs> when was this um 2017 Okay, okay. Uh, 2018. Yeah. yeah early 2018. Everything has happened to us pre-COVID. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like totally, nothing totally. has happened since. Yeah. My yeah. Well, Stromae. True. That happened. Which yeah. is probably like up there. Up there. For both yeah. of us. That a was an amazing Bell, Bell Center performance? No, actually, this is a really cool story. She came to visit me in Vancouver. Oh, wow. To see Stromae. Yeah. And um, we're thinking like, it's Vancouver, right? Like, we know there's francophones, but mm-hmm. we're like, it's probably going to be like a tiny venue. It'll be so sweet. And we get there, and it's like a huge arena show. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's like hundreds of thousands of francophones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're like, we're like, whoa. Okay, we underestimated la francophonie canadienne. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Dope. Yeah. Like there were so many French. It's people. great. It was amazing. But a lot of people traveled from like yes. Calgary, yeah. from like even Winnipeg, Saskatchewan. Sure, they yeah. even did like a news they, segment on the people how that far traveled. Did you, how far did you travel? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and it was so cool because they're like technology. The technology of the show was also amazing. So you had a screen in the back that was like nine screens or something, yeah, which massive. you don't realize until it starts moving. They all have each oh, one arm, yeah. and they move into the scene. It was like it was insane. So you know the spider in Wild Wild West? Yes. It yeah, was yeah, yeah. kind of like It was that. so it scary was like sometimes. That. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It was very cool. Yeah. I guess this, the next question we normally ask is, favorite live show as uh, musicians on stage? I know we were speaking before before you even press record that mm-hmm. some of these questions would be as a as a band. Yeah. Uh, but is it is this is are these individuals still is it still like your favorite show? I, like I think my favorite show would probably be like Blues Fest. Mm-hmm. Um actually I've played Blues Fest twice twice and both times was really cool. One time was like indoors and it was packed. It was a really lovely show. And the second time was during the pandemic and it was the drive-in edition. Oh, yeah. So I was playing to cars. Mm-hmm. And like when they're happy, they honk. <laughs> but it's really hard to like, as a human, that's like an alert signal in your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. very like jarring to be like, <laughs> oh, never mind, it's a compliment. Yeah. But like, yeah, so th- those would probably be my favorite ones. Would they honk like during the show? Like, like during the songs? Or is it like more of like a It was a more like after because it's situation. Ottawa and everyone's yeah. like, I'm very respectful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like still, sometimes I think if like there was like a cool run or like a cool like drum thing, they'd oh, be yeah, like, yeah. Burr, burr, and then you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I think mine, so so my solo favorite one, because we also haven't played that many Bonectal shows. We have, we just like have been so rushed and not, yeah. and like in survival mode that yeah. we don't realize how so many gigs. Do, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, 
My favorite solo one was, it's going to sound dumb, but it was just like during the pandemic, I did a little set. It was me and this other like synth player yeah. and it's super chill and it was really fun. Like, I don't know. That's the one that I feel I sounded my best because it was like solo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was like probably like some improv too. Um, yeah. Like the, the synth player I was playing with, um, Stacy just had like, you know, we had like two practices and he kind of we kind of improv and worked off of each other and it was like super intimate so that one i really liked i did for um the regina folk fest yeah <clears throat> and then but the one that well that yeah. i liked the most as bonectar was um we did a, a showcase at breakout west it was at the unicorn mm-hmm. it was like a little In bar Calgary. venue yeah. and i remember being so nervous beforehand and marik was just like just have fun and that's exactly what we did. And we it was had fun. so fun. We were the like crowd. <laughs> the crowd did it too. Like there was like yeah. so everyone like kinda you know, it's showcases, so people are all sitting like kinda far away and then yeah, they started yeah, playing. Yeah. And remember everyone just kinda went like mobbed to the front yeah. and, and they were so visibly into it. And I think we knew in that moment, like, oh, we're kinda doing something special. Yeah, and showcases are hard usually because like oh, people yeah. are just like I have industry no emotion. Too. Yeah. yeah, a lot of it, where people I'm are like, I have to like keep this character that I have yeah. on at this conference, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like I'm here against my will almost, yeah. you know, like, you, like <laughs> yeah. and then you I'm talk. I'm working and, right now. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And, but, but this one was like a real show. It was like a really, it cool was really cool. Yeah. Yep. Going into the second question that we, we often ask here as well is uh, a quote from Erica Badu. Music and music business are two different things. And it was a very general quote. It's a music <laughs> sort of industry business, uh, podcast sort of, um, when I say this quote, music and music business are two different things, what are your first instincts when you sort of hear that? I know we had some discussions beforehand about it, but what's like the first thing? I think we both have anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. I, like we took deep, we, we naturally both took a really deep breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think here's the thing. Yeah, music and music business are different, but you can't always do it. You can't always hire someone when you're first starting. So you have to do it. You have to do the music business part yeah. and the music. And I find sometimes you're an artist and you just want to make art and you're kind of thrown to the wolves. Like now you have to learn about taxes and GST. Yeah, yeah. And and it's so over. It could be overwhelming, but sometimes it's worth it. Like it's like, um, you know, when you first you you get for your first grant and then you start to learn accounting yeah. and you start to do the reporting and you start kind of figure out how how it's working. Um, it is kind of like a little nice like wow i I did that now i know this stuff yeah Yeah. the journey as as tacky as it is it's really difficult but as you learn especially if you're an indie artist for like a while because we were indie for a while by choice too Mm -hmm. so i think what that shows is like there is a lot of like power and like um gratitude and like i guess like just like you're really proud of yourself pride when you're accomplishing these things by yourself because the same level of difficulty it was the same level of like proud you are yeah. once you've like either mastered it or understand it better or you can know how to fix it next time mm-hmm. um now there is a point though where that kind of started infringing on your creativity yes obviously yeah, yeah. it's like almost directly correlated like mm-hmm. one one takes too much space the other lowers at least for us mm-hmm. um because you're having to be very analytical and you're planning so much that you're actually planning things that are fiscal or like calendars mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, by the time you're done that calendar, you haven't written your next album or you just yeah, haven't yeah, even yeah, yeah, yeah. been yeah. in the mood to. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Which are two different things. Like yeah. not writing and not writing because you don't feel like it. Totally. The business calendar is different from the artist calendar. Exactly. In many ways. And it's yeah. hard to sort of 
get back to that creativity when you've been thinking about all these grants that you have to apply for or all this like this yeah. writing that you these conversations these meetings or even going on tour because on tour there's no really time to write or, no, of course or not. record any demos or something you know the tour is fun that's a that's a part yes, of being a musician totally. i think like tour and creating are like two things that musicians and performing in general well, mm-hmm. yeah. are things that artists well i, I guess we can speak we for ourselves like like, yeah. yeah i guess some artists don't really like to tour but we like to tour. We like to kind of, we like to meet people and we like to perform and travel yeah. and we like to create. And so when it comes on, when we get to go on tour and we have the money for it from the mm-hmm. grants, then that's always nice. Yeah. Plus learning all the parts of, of the, of these, this music business yeah. allows you to be able to work with teams, uh, team members and like know if you're aligned too. If you're aligned and also like know kind of how it works so that if, you know, you can't get kind of um, manipulated into things, you know, you're yeah. like, oh, that's which is not how it a works, good thing about being indie for a long time is when you do know a lot of things, you can still do a lot of the things yourself mm-hmm. and then you can make it a sustainable income too, and outsource the help when you really know you need it. For example, when we know we want to be creative, that's when we will outsource the most. Mm-hmm. But I think too, we've, we've with our new project, Bonnectar, it's been so busy productive getting hired a ton which obviously yeah. we're super grateful for yeah but it does come with a cost too where you can't have a lot of foresight because you're always mm. so in the thick of it right that you're like wait we didn't even think about this europe tour that's coming we've had to turn down a europe tour recently because we couldn't we, because we don't even have time to figure no, out the exactly, grants for yeah. it because it's just coming in like hotcakes but yeah. there's mm-hmm. a level where you have to go hold on hold on hold on we got to come back to the present here. We're not even like, totally. yeah, mm-hmm. just so you can go into planning so that when you're in a residency, you're actually writing music and not answering emails. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. yeah, I feel like I've just kind of disassociate. I, I've not, it's been really hard for me to be present in this project because it's busy because we're always in survival mode and we're always like mm. trying to be, oh my God, we got this thing that so we got to get, we got to do. Doesn't it. mean it's not fun. It's, it's not, just, yeah, it's just, it's not being planned. Yeah. 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 Do you believe that now artists are being forced to be more business savvy than ever before kind of thing? Yeah, I think they're, so that myth now that you're going to go out and do an open mic and get discovered, Yeah, it, it no longer really exists. Like yeah. you have like, uh, what is it, um, industry plants, like, mm-hmm. you know, you have people that are kind of like shaped and molded into the like artists that they want totally so you're you have to like this changed i remember like even when i was like a starting musician when i was 19 the industry was like sort of changing towards not you can't be discovered anymore really like you can in a certain way like we got signed but like we still have to apply to grants we still have to be like sustainable yeah um because Traditional A and Rs aren't really a thing. Like labels aren't exactly. really going out to like go get artists at these venues exactly. and like, these open yeah. mics. And yeah, stuff. they're way yeah. more selective too. Yeah, totally. they're taking totally. on way less because the whole industry has shifted. Yeah, and, yeah. and dependent on numbers more yeah. than ever before. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's super different, and you do have to kind of hustle in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going back to thirty seconds ago, you were ta- you were both talking about um, kind of the load of uh, the business part. Um, now we've had these discussions off mic more on a personal level about um the importance of a manager in mm-hmm. the industry do you believe um now that the need for a manager grows as an artist grows as well kind of thing no i actually think it's always i think when you're starting you always need about a proportion 
Like, I think it's relative. Yeah. You're new. You need, like, if, if that's what you mean by growth, like, it grows relative to your needs. Like, I think you always need it. It's just when you're new. I agree. I think it's always needed. Yeah. But when you're new, you don't have necessarily don't those have that resources. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's totally, So it's totally like you totally. need it. And then you think as you get bigger, you're like, ugh. Now I know exactly what I need to outsource. So you plan because you're like, I know what I needed here. Right, outsourced. Right. Yeah. But then you got, what you don't know is you don't actually know yet the, the iceberg, the rest of the iceberg. Totally. So by the time you discover the iceberg, you're like, oh no, I actually needed this. Yeah. Then you yeah. grow again and then you're like, oh, totally. I needed this. So I think it's like. That's the perfect metaphor is that you don't know what you need. And yeah. then you, and then when you need it, it's too late. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think a manager is, is going through that discovery together i think Mm -hmm, and that's what's important and then they can take some of that load as you're like hey this is actually making this not really fun what do you think you can do and if they're like i I can do this yeah and you're like wait really well we were planning we were planning this story and i'm like i can book hotels that's easy and then eventually i was like no you can't we need so we hired y'all as managers because a year and a half ago we could we could no longer can we no 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 no. because now we have tours that are month-long minimum Mm -hmm. numerous and we have releases and we have residencies and we're going yeah, to yeah. other continents. And, and that's just the obvious work behind the scenes, oh obviously. Gosh, yeah. So, so much, much more. Yeah, we'll talk so about it. Thing. We'll talk okay. about it. Yeah. Um, I think, and again, like it's hard as artists to think about, like you have to hire these people like Nate and I that are, mm-hmm. are thinking day to day, right? Mm-hmm. And the manager typically and the label, specifically the label, is often thinking like a year or two ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Um but it's important to have that manager in the middle that's more like, okay, let me answer an email that's like three months out, you know, important mm-hmm. for like three months out. And it's, it's one of the hardest things because if you're thinking about all, you're always thinking about the day-to-day, you're eventually not going to get to that thing that's important mm-hmm. in like There's a There's a point months. in Bonnet where I just, and I hate to say it, but it, I just couldn't answer my personal emails anymore on my Marie Clou account. Yeah, yeah. There was just literally no more space because... Every single second of my day was dedicated to social media, grants, planning, playing shows, writing music, residencies, my own family, my yeah. own personal needs. Yeah. There's a point where I'm doing my best, but and I'm kind of just, you say it best. You're like, we're always like putting out fires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're always, and there's always one email fires. that ruins, yeah, yeah. But there's always one email that like takes the whole day to, totally, to, totally, to, totally. To, to, uh, manage. Manage. That's an yeah. To word. manage. Yeah. <laughs> I think what happens too is you don't realize too as you grow as an artist when you're when you're when you're a baby artist. There's like there's you. <laughs> yeah. And then you like maybe have you hire musicians. Yeah. You talk to a booker, and that's that's the 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 circle. Mm-hmm. You grow, and then you don't realize that one email, and people are like, "How can an email take the whole day?" Well, it takes the whole day because it goes through eighteen people yeah, yeah, before totally. it comes back totally, to you. Totally. This person has to check with the booker, with the tech, with the writer, with the this, with the needs, with the festival, the manager gets filtered down, and it trickles, and then you're like, "That's not the answer I wanted," and then you start the cycle again. And so, emails are actually probably the most, to me, the the most dreaded part of the entire industry. Yeah, and it's probably like. 60 to 80 percent of a manager's kind of workload yeah um, so it's super useful yeah but you need to trust them and you need to have a really good relationship where you know they're getting things done and not stressing you out further no mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. no totally mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah i i always say to people like and to artists like asking me like what who or what i should what what position should i add to my camp i always say manager um, mm. maybe even a lawyer before that, but, um, managers are super important. So 
Yeah, I'm glad we talked about it. We, we haven't really talked about this on the podcast before. Our manager from an artist perspective, what, right. what they can do for the artist. I think mm-hmm. it's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where's the music industry at now for you both? And where do you, sit, you situate yourself in that? And then where do you think it's going? This is like a very like... Very good question. Um, general question. I think... Go ahead, go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> so I think... Basically, my answer is also I don't know. Yeah. And the reason mm-hmm. that I don't know is because of things that I do know. Yeah, yeah. Things are sense. changing fast. That's yes. the thing. So yeah. that's why yeah. it's hard to pinpoint. Yeah, and we can say, yeah, but they've been changing fast for like five years now. Sure. Except, like, for example, I don't actually know if some big um, streaming services will even still be around in a few years. If you look at their economical model, mm. um, it's it's kind of uncertain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and I'm like, okay. And we artists love to complain about streaming, including myself included. But then I'm like, but what's the alternative? Yeah. Where will where will the indie artists live? And like, even now we're signed, but where will we, yeah. you know, thrive? And will the model change again then to an old school system? Yeah. Well, where Aaron, yeah. A&R becomes this thing that is like... Well, but here's what's hard with that. It's that Spotify, what's nice about Spotify, and I think we've all benefited from it too, is... You get you get to discover artists way easier. And yeah. There's like an algorithm where, um, I mean, it doesn't pay well, but like at least we're getting discovered and. But at least it pays. That's always it that's pays always what bit, yeah. I say in the sense that like when you know Napster and like yeah, all these like that's uh, true. That know. depends on what kind of consumer you were though, because I would buy my music on iTunes totally, totally or buy totally. CDs, yes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll, you're but you're that. right. We yeah. would we would download some of it. Maybe yeah. the music that you considered like second or third tier, like not your favorite artist. Right, you'd right, be right. Like, I guess I'll download it. <laughs> but then it was like always the Bill Clinton thing, and you'd be like, oh, now I have, <laughs> oh, yeah. now I have a virus. <laughs> yeah. 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 I did not have that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it takes you like three years just like write on, in a Word document because your computer is so virus. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but. I think it's what's scary is that we're going to go back to a system where the um, labels can kind of control the whole music industry so that if you do, do want to get discovered, you're kind of like, help me again. You know, whereas yeah. like with yeah. with Spotify and stuff, we were able to be indie and we were able to get onto algorithms and you plateau um, at a certain point, yeah. but you're still able to like have a sustainable living. Yeah. If you're playing on the radio, which we were, like, yes. yeah. Yeah. we were yeah. able to do those Sh- things. Shout out Sound Exchange for that. Yeah, yeah I think Sound Exchange <laughs> is actually doing a really good job for musicians. So uh, when when absolutely. things got course, cut, it yeah. was really scary for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, especially with like CBC got cut, yeah. that was really scary for some friends that oh were my like, gosh. "This was my, uh, yeah. this was how I paid my, for my groceries." Yeah. Um, That's so a direct quote from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, hey, it's important. Marie Claude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, it is it is scary to know. And it, it's so challenging to always have to evolve. Like, you know, our label said, you have to go on TikTok. You have to have at least a thousand followers on TikTok. And, and, you know, we're not familiar with the... Yeah. Well, I am a little bit. Like, we I have, go on there, but a, I don't post. We got like, our number. We, we, yeah, we, we got past the number. But yeah. the point is, it wasn't like a natural thing for us to do. We're not 21. Mm. We're not... Yeah on there all the time we're super busy mm-hmm. we're out there playing music which doesn't mean anything better or worse it's just we're not handling the platform that way yeah mm-hmm. um it's not a it's not an instinct for us to be like oh my god i, I, I yeah. know a, a sound we could use for like this and then yeah, we can, like, yeah, yeah well yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. not natural. for me it is actually except it's an addiction i i can't, i have to oh. cut myself off tiktok because right right I, right right that's my life. I'm a theater mm-hmm. kid. If yeah. I start on there, which I had started during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and I spent like 
12 hours making really dope videos. And after a while, I was like, I actually know myself enough to know I can't be on TikTok. Right, right, right. It's my perfect medium. That's yeah. what I spent my childhood doing is forcing totally. my mom to film me right. and forcing my brother <laughs> and cousins to get into costumes and doing little like things. So yeah, yeah, yeah obviously yeah. I'm going to thrive yeah, yeah, of on course, TikTok. Yeah. But it's going to make me extremely mentally ill. Yeah, so. sure. But and, yeah. and of course with TikTok, it's it's the, probably the well, it's said to be the most dangerous platform because something like Instagram, now it's more like algorithmic. But with Instagram, it's m- pretty much the people that you follow. Mm-hmm. TikTok, you, the main feed is the For You page, which is... An infinite abyss. An infinite abyss, but it's also catered to you. Your and it's analytic-based, where it's like, oh, you watched a 20-second video of these dogs running around, but only two-seconds video of sports. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll feed you more yeah. Yeah. dog videos I know and stuff need, like baby. that. Exactly, exactly. And I'm like, yes, feed me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I hope, like, back to, like, what I think the future of the music will be. Yeah. I don't know what it will be, because living is a trip. Everything is a plot <laughs> twist that I never expected. Like being alive in general? Being alive is a trip. So yeah. I don't know what's coming. Yeah. But here's what I hope. I hope that music stops being like fast fashion. I hope that I can remember an artist's name and not just mm-hmm. be like remembering a single or barely that. Remembering mm. one word from it being like, eh, 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 then getting bored. Like, I want to go back to the album. Yes. Yeah. And I think that if music does slow down and there's a little more of sustainability in it and better pay and maybe more, sure, it might be more selective, which I hope doesn't hinder like marginalized groups. Yeah. I hope it elevates these people. Mm-hmm. And I just want it to slow down again. Yeah. Because I would love to love music the way I did before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is very fast fashion. Mm-hmm. You said something earlier about the label getting more and more power as as, as the years go on. I feel like there's a movement that art, a lot of artists are getting more power, especially with new technology being yeah. where, you, where you're splitting your masters with maybe some people that are um, kind of following you. Um, oh. There was, um, I, I might be quoting this wrong, but I think 50 Cent, uh, maybe last year or something, with NFTs and that sort of technology, mm-hmm. mm. it's basically splitting up his masters. And, and so the user, a, the listeners own, are almost like subscribers. They're like, yeah, they own, exactly. they are shareholders. Mm. Let's, let, let's say, Marie-Claude, you want, a, you want a share in Amy's song. You pay $1,000 and um, wow. that's a share in, in uh, let's say it's 1% for $1,000. Stock market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, knows. basically, right. And, and mm. with the NFT technology, which basically allows you to um, have like a own an electronic mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, you can also sell that thing. So as the song grows, that's cool. Marcio um, could sell it to me for mm. maybe uh, two thousand dollars now. Mm-hmm. And the so value yeah, that's it's really interesting. <laughs> it's a little scary that it's so numbers based. Yes, sure. But sure, I, sure. but I, but it, but that's also naive because it's always numbers based. Yes, with a label, yeah, sure. what are they trying to do? They're trying to make it go as viral as possible, play it in most radios, and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. get on tour. It just this way feels so like concretely yes, one zero one zero. Totally. But totally. it's really cool as well. Yeah. Yeah. People are starting to like uh fund their albums. Let's say let's say Bo Nectal wants to do an album and they say, Okay, twenty percent of this album will go out to fans and we'll fund it like that. Mm-hmm. You can own twenty percent of our album for or a percentage of twenty percent of our album for let's say a hundred dollars. And it's sort of like a social campaign like that, you know? Hmm. Um Kind of cool. A lot of people are, um, that's a, that's a, it's a new way to sort of skip the label. 
Um, right. It's mm. A lot of people, yes, yes, it, but it's the same thing in the sense that the label would own some mm. of your master or oftentimes the, the whole, whole, thing, the whole yeah. thing. Um, but now it's fans mm. and it's also giving fans more, um, you like know, so- like sovereignty, like kind of like, yeah, it's, or it's ownership over own, like yeah. who they're, who they're liking. I like that. Being like, That's Oh yeah, cool. I own X amount of a Lil Wayne song. <laughs> random, random artist. You just carry that. yourself really? differently in the world when you <laughs> yeah, own a certain yeah. percentage yeah. of a Lil Wayne song, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. I, um, I think, I think over the last decade, it's been sort of like a lingo thing where it's like labels are sort of shutting down. I don't necessarily know if that's the truth. I know we've we've gone from a lot of different labels to now three majors we've with a lot of subs- subsidiaries. Definitely seen this shift. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, with technology advancing, I think a lot of artists are getting more power. I don't know if power is more uh, is is the right word. Um, just more independence. I think. And I think we have to be just more creative in how we put our music out there yeah but totally. then that's work too like oh yeah. my gosh yeah, yeah. like this i can't just not, be like uh, yeah. sitting doing my taxes and being like i have a genius idea i don't know maybe well probably not because like probably seventy-five thousand other young artists have done it yesterday on yeah, tiktok so exactly. yeah it's a little bit like it's this crazy funnel right where you're like i have no original thought Mm-hmm. right or it can be extremely inspiring like that's kind of like it's very polarizing the way yeah, it yeah. feels mm-hmm. social media so totally who knows anything is possible exactly i think we're flexible <laughs> yeah we're we're hustlers we are oh my gosh I, yeah i know i Our definitely believe that you the, the two of you are like very business savvy and especially yeah. coming like starting from like the more the independent side mm-hmm. yeah and yeah, then yeah. now being the label exactly i think, you, I think you, we've you, seen you're both. in the both yeah. A great position. Yeah. And also, like, with your individual careers beforehand as well, mm-hmm. now teaming up. I think it's And we both have, like, really cool talents that we share, too, like, strengths and weaknesses. We actually did a list, like, when we first yeah. met. We were like, what's our strengths and weaknesses? And we kind of built, we use that to, like, kind of to advance build our and save money. Up. And, yeah. Yeah. Like. Oh, she, my gosh. Yeah, you know, totally. She's, like, good at choreo and mise-en-scene, like, yeah. uh, dancing, dancing, choreo, acting. And, uh, yeah, and, like, just even, like, uh, writing pitches and stuff like mm. negotiating i'm more like yeah like i'm very like a lot of like extroverted skills like whether mm-hmm. that be physical or like literally my words mm-hmm. and in me skills are very like to me they're they're introverted but that's that's just my way of framing them like mm-hmm. yours are very like you're extremely good at graphic design you draw well you're really strong at like anything that is visual and plus you studied film so anything mm-hmm. that's like editing it's like etc long list yeah, yeah. And it's like it saves us a little bit oh of money because then we're doing totally. all in house, and yeah. then you know we're not getting paid a we lot also for it. But <laughs> trust, we trust our vision very. We have a high confidence in what we do, and I think that's really important too. Yeah. We trust each other, and we also have a lot of similar tastes. So yeah, it's not yeah. like I'm coming with like uh, like a heavy metal font, and I'm like this will be good for our album. It's like yeah. no, <laughs> no, we have like similar tastes, and actually like, oh, well, I guess we could talk about it. I no, no, question, I, I, honestly, like, I think, like, I'll skip to that. Yeah, but, I, but the genesis kind of, like, our why we're writing about nature is that I was just telling her, oh, I went on a walk and I wrote a song about, like, uh, uh, Blue Grandma, I think it was, like, a type yeah. of grass. Yeah. And because I was inspired by like, the encyclopedic description that the tour guide was giving. And I was like, oh, like, that that's what I did last weekend. And she's like, this inspires me. And then that's, we, like, jumped into kind totally. of that, that idea is the yeah. genesis and and it's because we have so much in common so yeah. a lot of it oh i like what she does she likes what i do it's yeah. like 
it's great. It it's works. A great symbiotic. It works, relationship. and it there is work. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's, a, no, it's no. work yeah. for any relationship. Mm -hmm. I think people probably underestimate how much work it is when you're not a solo artist and you go into a band together. Yeah. But I have to say, we've had such good, uh, we've established such good systems of communication mm. and like of co-working yeah. that it is like, it's just always optimizing, optimizing. It's getting better. It's getting better. And that's like a really empowering thing to see too. Yeah. That's, that's something they don't tell you when you work with somebody. It's that it's not always like rainbows and butterflies. You have to communicate. You yep. cannot harbor anything. No. You have to, sometimes we have difficult conversations, mm -hmm. but you know what? We have them and we survive. And every single time we survive a difficult conversation, it's we are stronger Strong. at communicating with yep. each other. Totally. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Very similar to a personal relationship. It's literally, in my, in we joke, opinion. it's like a marriage. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. joke yeah. that this it is a marriage, then yeah. I have my actual relationship. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's like, yeah, totally. And our um, baby is Boonik Tal. Like, <laughs> and I also have an actual baby, yeah. but yeah. yes, I have two babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, totally. I, I, even like from a from a legal perspective, very similar. You know, you're exactly. you're definitely entering yeah. a, a a a marriage. You know, when you're doing that. Yeah, and it's like it can be so scary because it's also a marriage that like you're creating art and funding your life with. Yeah, it. vulnerable yeah. and public as yeah. well. Yeah, totally. We'll get to Bonnectal afterwards, but I just want that the first topic which I always ask people is the origin stories of you both personally. Mm. Um, yeah, did you want to? Yeah, did you want to start? Yeah. Where did you? Like, I guess the first question is like, where did you grow up and like your musical upbringing? I guess. Uh, I grew up in. I I was born in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, which is kind of funny because Lorignal is like also a moose. So yeah, we kind of found. Anyways, we thought that was funny. Lorignal <laughs> is great. French, for French moose. word for moose. Yes. Yeah, for people. Who anyways, don't know. that's funny. I was born in Moose Jaw. My dad's a pilot. I moved around a lot, but we always kind of like went back to Moose Jaw. So that was mm -hmm. like my dad's favorite place to work. Um, and um, yeah, it's kind of like a small town feel. I didn't really have any musical people in my family. Okay. Um, my grandma likes to sing. She sings it the quieter church and stuff yeah and, yeah yeah you know um my dad loves to karaoke <laughs> <It's> apparently <laughs> very awesome. good um but it's never been like a musical family right um right. and uh and my grandpa he makes violins he's a sculptor he didn't start out as a luthier but he yeah. he's a sculptor he like sculpts wood so yeah yeah he made like a ton of violins that sound really nice wow and um I, my mom put me in violin lessons when i was in grade five and okay um but you know what sucked about that is that i never enjoyed playing violin because it was like work it was like a chore right yeah it sucked but when mm. i learned how to when i taught myself how to play guitar yeah john mayer played guitar so i had to play guitar <laughs> um isn't that all our <laughs> yeah. story yeah, yeah same man <laughs> um i i loved that and i loved singing that wasn't homework for me mm -hmm. so i quit playing violin for like many years yeah I, so that's kind of like the the genesis of me as why am I I'm a musician. Yeah, and what about like um, I guess was there a moment in like uh, maybe a high school or like post secondary that you were like, oh like this could actually like be a thing? Yeah, I was in a in a school play in grade eight. Yeah, <laughs> and um, a lot of pe a lot of people came up to me after and they were like, whoa, your voice is like amazing. Yeah, and I was like sh shot like kind of not. I was surprised, um, but I was just kind of like, 
maybe this is something I should should do. Right. And right. I just it just then it just became like a thing. Like I just loved singing. I loved making music. I loved mm-hmm. every part of it. So. Marco mentioned your post secondary. You you say you, or Marco said that you did say you studied film. Yeah, I went to film school because okay. I didn't want music to be homework. I didn't want it to be sure. work. Mm-hmm. So um, I chose to go into mu- into um, video because I liked being visual. Yeah, yeah. In Saskatchewan? Yeah, yeah at the U of R. Nice. And then the tax credit was cut and the whole, there was a really good industry, film industry in Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah. And then they cut the tax credit right when uh, I graduated. Well, and then yeah, everyone moved awful. to Toronto and Vancouver and I was right. like, guess I'll do event planning. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I have a weird jokes on you though. You became a musician. Yeah, yeah, and exactly like everything kind of like led to the yeah. same mm-hmm. road. Yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. Cool. Um, You're well, from? I'm from Eastern Ontario. Yeah. yeah, so the east, easternmost part. I grew up a, a border baby with Quebec, which is right there. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess my family was quite musical on my mom's side. Actually, yeah, yeah. my dad's side too. But my direct home, like yeah, my my grandpa played guitar plays guitar um my mom um plays guitar and sang yeah. a bunch of festivals all over uh but otherwise like my dad and brother like super super athletic like my brother's literally a professional hockey player my dad was a hockey player so yeah um I guess I started like I, I don't remember when I started I just like I think I was just born my mom said I was singing songs before I spoke mm-hmm. so yeah that's just like what I was I guess yeah, yeah that being said though like what my main thing was like dancing so I started dancing at three Yeah. Um, I started dancing competitively at those ages. So then I danced. I basically performed plays in my home, like my entire <laughs> childhood and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, teenage life too. Uh, I was like really, really severely um, bullied in school. So I think my whole world was just like being an outdoor weirdo. And like, like I played outside a lot. I grew up in a rural community. So that's like basically my obsession with like plants and nature, which like obviously now we make music that is like largely about that. Um. And then I, uh, my mom switched me schools twice because the bullying got so bad. Um, and a teacher just was like, hey, she should really go to a high school in Ottawa called De La Salle. It's an arts high school. I think she would really thrive there because everyone there is like kind of like your daughter. Mm. And so my mom made the decision to send me there, which is not an easy one because I live an hour and 10 minutes away. Yeah. Is yeah. that like a bus situation or is it so, a yeah, driving? It's a sad story because that access is not there anymore. So yeah. it's really changed the school. Yeah. But there used to be buses and vans. So I took a van yes. from my house to Russell. Then we transferred to a bus, a yellow bus, yeah. all the way to Ottawa. So I woke up at like 6 a.m. every single day, drove through hours, two hours every single day to go to yeah. school in the morning, two hours every single evening. By the time I got home, I had homework to do. I had my dance classes. Like, imagine that life. Like, yeah. I've been working. I'm working artist since I'm like... Yeah, old. yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> or 13, totally. whatever. Um, so, yeah, I studied theater at the school yeah. because I wanted to have like another, uh, to me, I've always had like these three mediums within myself that I'm really fond of. So dance was happening at a dance studio. Yeah. Acting was happening in school and music was happening at home because right. I took piano lessons and I played, I wrote songs. That's what I did yeah, in my, yeah, yeah. my alone time. And then, yeah, I auditioned for a whole bunch of schools uh, post-secondary. I ended up choosing Sheridan mm-hmm. in Toronto. So I studied musical theater. And then when I graduated there, I did a few musicals kind of all over Canada Um, then I started my post, I started another degree. I wanted to have a backup plan as a, I really enjoy psychology. So I had a, I graduated with a major in psychology, um, from Ottawa U. And then I did my teacher's college as well, just kind of 
passion. I just like school. To be yeah, yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, what all these things led to is that while I was in school, I was sometimes quite bored. Um, when I started just like furthering this like craft of like writing music. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I really didn't know it was going to be a thing. Um, I literally just saw an audition one day uh, called Planet Barbar, mm -hmm. which is going to be a really relevant story to Amy and I. Yes. Um, I took my detuned ukulele to it. I would. I was like. <laughs> I, I think I just walked by it, I swear to God. And um, I was just like, all right. I sang this original song that I literally never sang for anyone because it wasn't a big part of a... It's not a public thing I did. Writing music was like journaling for me. Mm -hmm. And then I got picked. And then... The rest is... Hasta la vista. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. just became a full-time singer-songwriter. Yeah. And I mean, you, you've... you've I, we're going to also talk about it in a second, but... Um, You've been doing a lot of all three, I guess, mostly musical theater and music. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Over the past, I don't know, eight yeah. years. Well, now, so I it? took a break. I didn't take a break on purpose. It's just music got so big. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. so successful. Yeah. So I yes. was like, what? Am I going to really keep picking doing a bunch of auditions all over, you know, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, yep. or having this stable income and people are literally asking for it? Yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. playing on the radio and I'm making. A sustainable income for one so obviously i'm not gonna fight that yeah now i did infuse it through my art like i have videos that are very dance based or like yes you know, yeah very of course. acting yeah, yeah yeah now i did re-sign recently with an agency in vancouver and i'm wanting to really dive back into it only because now i think music is like this machine that is kind of like it's a well-oiled machine that is operating very optimally yeah i i kind of have more of a handle on it mm -hmm. it's it's great to feel that you can take that step as well. Exactly. Right? It's only at a certain moment where you, you can feel comfortable in the machine. Yes. To, to sort of um, take that step. Yeah, um, so that's definitely the shift that happened. Yeah. So now you, so I'm going to shift towards uh, Bonectal. You mentioned Planet Barbal, which is where you both met, um, right? Yeah. And it's actually funny, like both our stories of audition for that show are similar. Like yeah. I was going to quit music. I had lost a, a contest and I had no, I also kind of rolled out of bed and was like, Oh, I might as well do it. Right, <laughs> and right, right. then I did it. But because I think, I think it's because we had nothing to lose. We were ourselves Absolutely. and something sure. clicked like, Oh, I don't have to put on a persona. Like I can just be me and right. And right, and right. Win it. Well, not win it. <laughs> Get to the finale. <laughs> For, for those who don't necessarily Spoiler know, alert. yeah. yeah. But for those who don't necessarily know um, what that competition was about, it was basically and correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, one representative from each province of mm -hmm. Canada, yeah, except Quebec. Quebec, yeah, outside Quebec, yeah, um, and one person or one artist from uh, each province was selected through an audition process mm -hmm. to represent um, their province yeah. in Toronto. Two from Ontario. Yeah, there were two from Ontario, only because Ontario has such a large fr yeah. like francophone population. Yeah. So I think they made an exception there. They were taking one from Ottawa, one from Sudbury. Um, but everywhere else oh, it was yeah. one. Yeah. And then I guess all of these 10 competitors, not I guess, this is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think. Yeah. Um, we all went to Toronto to, to shoot this like reality TV show that was like so intense mm. um, in the Darling Mansion. And if you don't know what that is, Google it. Um, it was so cool. Yeah. Um, I think people can actually rent it, but it was like, yeah, it's just like this super eclectic dominatrix vibes house. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's really cool. They had to hide boobs for like filming. For filming, like, <laughs> like very no like pro provocative. Yeah. Right, right, right. Things, yeah. yeah. So we were basically given like these very intense musical challenge and then filmed and then it was literally just 
broadcast and yeah. they eliminated someone every week or a few at a, at a time and mm -hmm. then we were the last two and then that was a live finale where it was a vote from the public yeah 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 and then i, I know it's it's a it's a major part of the story and we even say it live um but you both chose to sort of share the prize in the end mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. the day before or like the few days before we were like this isn't fair. One person's going to leave with nothing, and the prize is, like, substantial. I mean, it's a tour, a music video production, an album production, and a cash prize. Yeah. So we were like, let's let's split part of the cash prize. Yeah. So that one person doesn't, you know, leave with nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we did that. Yeah. That's great. And and now, I guess my next question is, how did you, like, reconnect? Because I know there was, like, an al like, a couple album cycles for you and an EP as well. Mm -hmm. Um. And, you know, I mean, there were years between what, like, the end of Planet Balbal and mm -hmm. now what we know as mm -hmm. Bo Nectal, the duo. Well, I remember one time I reached out, you were in your new Montreal apartment, mm -hmm. and you posted a picture of you putting a book. Sometimes I have weird, like, flashbacks, like, but perfect memory for, yeah, like, yeah, certain yeah. things, but then I can't remember dumb things. <laughs> yeah. uh, putting a book in your shelf and you're like, I'm in my Montreal apartment and I'm single. And I was like, oh, is everything okay? Yeah. And, um, oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and I'm single. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. And I was like, oh, last time I met you, you were not. So I reached out and we haven't stopped talking since. Like literally. Yeah, it became like, it was really like full throttle. Mm -hmm. mm. It's like every day. Yeah. We talked every day on Instagram. Yeah. And then eventually, was it was it the is it Blue Grandma story where it was like I wrote a song, or was it was it even before that where you were both? And like, I remember that phone call as well. So I was in a gas station. Yeah. Uh, on my way back from this was in 2019. I was on my way back from a residency, and we had talked. Like this wasn't just like there was a break between, and then it was kind of like and uh, we kept talking, and I was mm -hmm. and I remember calling you and be like, we should collaborate or something. Really? I forget what it was, but I do remember being in a gas station and being like in between like uh, Banff oh, yeah. and Saskatoon and calling you <laughs> like, we should collaborate. We should start thinking about writing a grant like by June. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so right. I remember exactly the feelings I was having at that time. Like I might not remember the moments, but I remember very concretely that like, although my project was like thriving and doing like yeah. fantastic. Totally. Yeah. It was like so good. I was feeling a profound loneliness. Mm -hmm. So, and I remember yeah, being very like candid about that and being like, I need something that is collaborative. Even like if I was not going to start a band, for example, I just wanted to do like collabs on singles, collabs on this. Yeah, yeah. I just felt really alone for real. Totally. It's, it was a very isolating career too that I think we don't. So if you're like even remotely extroverted, like I'm not even a real extrovert, but you think you're going to be out in the world a lot, mm -hmm. but a lot of the work is on your computer at home. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so that I wasn't ready for that reality coming from a theater background where like my life is literally being like hugged yeah. and like touched all the time in yeah. like a, in a dance production. Yeah. And from a social media perspective, you always just think that people are like playing music and like on the road. But it's definitely it's yeah. well, 95 percent of the time. Is not yeah. Bad. And there's nothing lonelier than releasing online like. Oh, yeah. It hurts. It's like the reverse. It does, it's like a yeah. dopamine depletion. It hurt. It does hurt because yeah. there's no like, woohoo. Like I literally have to force my friends to like, well, I can't, I don't force them. <laughs> but like if I can celebrate with my friends, yeah. then that's great. But like a lot of our releases have been me in the tub, like drinking a beer, like cheers, <laughs> my, cheersing myself. Yeah. That's the thing about like Something, streaming. It does take yeah. away some of that magic. Mm -hmm. But yeah. 
eventually, yeah, we I had um I got approached by this um this organization that wanted me to write a song about um abuse and battered women. Yeah. Um and I was like, this is it. This is the the moment that I'm gonna ask to do this with Amy. Right. So I asked them if I was allowed to do it. They had proposed another artist from Ontario and I was like, actually, can I do this instead? Yeah. And yeah. they were like, sure, whatever, we don't care. As long <laughs> as it's a good song. And I was like, Amy. And then we wrote Karkikai, which is oh, like on the song. Oh, yeah. 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 Great. So that was our first time. Like I literally was like, wanna come over for a one month sleepover, person that I barely know and like because what we had is basically an Instagram relationship. And we yeah, barely yeah, totally. saw each other in person. Like no. we saw it, we met at Planet Barbar and then what was it like? It was only two three weeks. years later. Yeah. Yeah. Three years later, I'm at her house. No, like four years later. Or yeah, three years. I'm at her house and I'm just like, hey, you don't know me. You don't know my habits. I could be. Yeah. <laughs> totally. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But we improved. I think we wrote like 16 song skeletons. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, all right, this might be an EP. And then yeah. an EP became a band and a band became a signed band. And now it's a band that is touring and that is like yeah, yeah. doing really we cool things. We conceived a lot of. Like I'm looking, I I looked through like our collab. I had like a book that I yeah. had determined for the collab, and um, a lot of things we planned. You know, everything they came true. Yeah, everything like, that's happening now, it like came from that month yeah. long. Mm. And how does that feel? It's insane, surreal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, so weird because, like I said, I struggle a lot with being present with this project. Yeah. So now it's like, you know, two years and a half later and we have the album that we talked about like for me yesterday mm-hmm. yeah. is out <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. it's crazy how do you both compare this 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 band to like your individual stuff and is that like something that's sort of like um is that something that you 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 hope to go back to eventually or is it is it more like is it this is the like, this is the the thing now i think they just coexist yeah yeah, I don't think it's something we'll go back to in that like we won't be like, all right, Bonnetar, you take a five year nap. Yeah, yeah. It's just more like our projects, like they're all they're all unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Entities, mm-hmm. totally, totally. Like Amy has, you know, a way she channels certain things through her art. I have a way I channel certain things, but we can't deny that when we do things together, something really special does happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's why we got all this interest. Like we can't deny that. Yeah. You know. That like, it, it helped. Yeah. Our yeah, voices yeah. are, there's like something that happens with our voices that oh my gosh. everyone talks about. Like <laughs> yeah. in studio, yeah. they just like, it literally like are, they merge together. And yeah. It's a weird effect. Totally. A cool, weird effect. Yeah. It, it's it's a different project. So yeah. they just coexist. And our writing. Yeah. Our, our writing, writing complements each, yeah. o- like each other. Yeah. Our writing. I even have to yeah. tell this listeners, like even when learning tunes, I, I couldn't differentiate your voices until we got like mm-hmm. to practicing mm-hmm. i thought that was really yeah. cool it's really yeah. weird and even in the studio like whoever's like you know at like the console when they're like recording our vocals they're like wait ugh, this is so confusing now i don't know whose voice is who like it's <laughs> yeah, 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 it yeah, really yeah. makes their lives like difficult and even us we can't yeah we, we can't, can't always tell <laughs> yeah. yeah but what's like, weird we can, is we don't we, we yeah. don't speak similarly no no but we sing similarly it's like uh it's it it like co- they like complement each other perfectly. Right, right. It's like the Yanni Laurel, Laurel <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the same. It just it kind of does like I don't know how to explain. And it. it's cool because we're not necessarily like incredible vocalists either, right? We're singers, but it, there's this ma- like what I mean is we're not like these Whitney Houston. 
artists and yeah. singers, mm. right? We're not here being like, oh, our voices are insanely good and strong. It's just, I think we have like good ideas and good. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we have like good tim- tim- timbre. Timber. 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 I think we have one of the two. I think we have like interesting ways of like making music, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. great. And that's what people latch on to. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the hook. Yeah. What are some of the bi- biggest like differences that y'all are noticing um, between like your solo project and now starting this new group? I know I think like collaboration and maybe splitting of the tasks is like one of the things that yeah. somebody could really like just think about as an obvious thing. But are there other things that people might not necessarily like think about, you know? Um, so majority of the time, Michael will come up with a melody and I have words. And then we'd like slap them together and it makes a song. <laughs> a and sandwich. We poof in together. Like she'll be like, think of a counter melody. And I'm like, okay. And then we, you know. Yeah. So yeah. You know, we help each other. The music is very different than, like, for me, it's very different than my solo project. My solo project is, like, super moody and, like... More folky. Folky, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a different process because um, I think we also approach music differently. Like, we've had these conversations before where, like, Marikos like, this bass. And I'm like, I don't hear it. I just hear, like, the lyrics, for example. Right, so right, we right, latch right. on to different parts of a song as mm-hmm. well. And so I think that, like, complements the project. Yeah, 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 I also hear music as a, like, I mean, music is my number one love, obviously, but that's because I think there's musicality in everything. Like, dancing exists because of music. Yeah, Acting is a musicality. When you're when you're in a play, it's always, like, this melody. Like, it's a balancing act of, like, you know, it really is. Yeah. Um, so music for me is, like, the, the foundation of, like, art. Now, I still approach music, though, as a dancer. So yes, that's yeah. a unique thing, yeah. too, where it's, like, when I'm approaching something and I'm, you know, you just mentioned, like, I'm talking about bass. I'm talking about these things. I'm talking about a lot about feelings, like, very yeah. much how it makes me feel. And not just, like, in my mind, like, physical feeling. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, then that's unique. And then you'll be like, but I'm telling this, like, narrative. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Well, so, sometimes <laughs> I listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I listen to a song I don't necessarily like melodically, but I like the lyrics a lot, and I'll like get, really get into the feels of like where that's imagery. never happened to me. Yeah, so that's where kind of like right. the way we approach music is like different, and it complements. So a lot of the things we do do complement. Yeah, yeah, each yeah. other within this project. Yeah. Our strengths and weaknesses like literally fit like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. And there's a narrative in music as well, right? Yeah, of course. So it's, it's definitely like that situation. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I think going into sort of this like multidisciplinary artists and balancing career paths is where I'm going with this in the sense of like, you know, dancing. Yeah. Um, and also um, visual art mm-hmm. and like things like that and film, your film studies. All these things are very like, um, like, like you both said, they're tools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all mm-hmm. these things come into one, which is now, and I think I see it with eights as well. Nate and I have different things that we can put together to sort of to make it become one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about your latest music video. Please check it out on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but um, where choreography is a big part of, of yeah. the video as well. And um, even like the setting and um, mm-hmm. the, vi- the visual aspect of the video as well is mm-hmm. very, very present. Well, um, we worked with a really amazing production company that brought our vision to life. Yeah. Like, you know, yes, we had the idea, but we worked with an amazing um, director, Amy Mantika from Play Creative. And 
it, she like really brought it to life and and amy's also a dancer so it yeah it, she's a director dancer nice. dancer director so it it was like a perfect thing and she wanted to get weird and we were like let's get weird and it was an <laughs> yeah. amazing like it was an amazing yeah vi- thing that we made with this company yeah yeah where does it um i guess what what is that process like when I guess you both are thinking maybe about album artwork, or even uh, a couple of days ago, I, I believe you were making a poster. Um, and for you as well, is like when if you're doing a music video, like where does it where does it come? Like where does the inspiration come first, kind of thing? Honestly, I feel like Emilia and I are just like extremely creative beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. we're very, very, very creative. We have too many ideas for our own goods. Our potential yeah. <laughs> next job should just be like idea generators. We also have severe ADHD, mm-hmm. which is like probably our brains never stop. They never stop. Yeah. So I think like it doesn't really come from anywhere other than we're always in this space. Like yeah. we're always like oh ah, ah. colors. It's a lot. Yeah. It's very yeah. overstimulating, but then that helps a lot to generate art, right? Because maybe you'll have ten bad ideas, but the eleventh is a good one. I'll give you an example. Um, me and her both like to take pictures of like cool little flowers or like cool lighting things and stuff and so those are things we use for our posters yeah. these are things we do like instinctively yeah we don't you're thinking about it anyway yeah, so why not anyway. yeah. that's yeah. why tiktok's not like it's not like second nature to us because we don't we're like more like you'll have like a dance move and you're like let's think of let's do that like for we'll do it in our live show in instead. our live show you know yeah. like it's it these are things that come naturally like when i'm making the yeah. poster i'm having fun like i'm like colors yeah. i think yeah. we also have a, a healthy dose of confidence in like believing and i think it's important to be confident and stubborn yeah, you yeah. really do have to have this strong spine in this industry because so many people are going to have opinions yeah, yeah, yeah um and if the first opinion makes you go oh and like doubt your vision then mm-hmm. it's going to be really challenging i think it's people are often like how do you have all these good ideas i'm like it's not that we have better ideas than you it's just that we don't judge the ideas we have. Mm. Yeah. Honestly, like yeah. we just put them out there. Yeah. It's the same for the way we write music, the choreo, the editing of stuff, the tour posters. Like mm. we're just like authentic. We're this just is us. We're just yeah, like right. we love this. Sure, sure, we sure. really do believe in it. Yeah. I think I think Planet Baobab did change like a thing in my head where I'm like, I just need to be myself and that's what we do. We are genuinely and we don't mask around each other, which is really nice. Oh, yeah, it would like, be exhausting can, if we had yeah. to. Like, I, like, we're just, like, <laughs> it's so funny to see us. And sometimes you have to, like, we've asked you to interrupt us because we're, like, well, we have, like, 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 our brains do not stop. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, no joke. We're not only, like, we would not only have ADHD, we're also fucking weird. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. <laughs> so, it's that like, quote from Riverdale. Yeah. Yeah. I'm weird. <laughs> so, well, we are. And yeah. so I think in this industry, it ends up being like, I think people are like, what a cool persona. But what they don't know is we like can't really shut it off. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that's us. Yeah. It's yeah. just who yeah. we are. Yeah. And um, maybe it's annoying, maybe. But um, the point is that we're still hardworking. We're still disciplined and we have a lot of respect. Mm-hmm. We're extremely respectful people. Mm-hmm. And I also think there's a little benefit in being like, bit older like i'm not 21 in this game yeah i'm older now yeah. oh, i totally. love myself in a, on, yeah. a, on a level that is sure, very sure, different sure, than sure. how i loved myself at 24 yeah, 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 yeah. i guess life I, experience professional experience you know yeah. of even, even talking about it like well and i i benefited nothing from being not my, myself there was no benefit in not yeah. being myself mm-hmm. and the minute i started being myself completely i you're seeing these i'm seeing these reaping, fruits like, yeah. Come, yeah, coming yeah, back yeah. to me and it's so nice to be working with a partner that 
you know, accepts that as well. And we can just be ourselves. And, um, and our, some of our best ideas come from like those little in between things. Like we'll be in studio and Jace is like, yeah, we're working with Jace Lasek on this last album. And he's doing his thing. Yeah. Jace. Yeah. Jace Lasek from Break Glass in Montreal. He's doing like his thing and we have nothing to do there. So we're like, <laughs> like puppets <laughs> and we come up with cool ideas yeah, yeah yeah and you've just pointed out something else too you also need a team that's gonna help you that's gonna shine light on you or help mm-hmm. you like you know help totally you rise lift, yeah. exactly lift yeah. you and vice versa we're lifting our team like the environment and lifting matters. yourselves yes mm-hmm. yeah because you can't really thrive in the arts in the music in music business versus music the music's fun it's easy when you put it in the music business, it can be like really intense. And yeah. so you need those safe people around you that are like yeah. Jace Lassic, that are it's like soul crushing. Hey, do you want to have fun with this vocal pedal little baby who can't yeah. have, who, who has like hyperactivity? Yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> it's like a rattle. You're like, ah, come up with all these sick ideas. <laughs> yeah. But he knows damn well what he's doing. Instead of being like, hey, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't like any of your ideas because you're from a different time, age, whatever. He's like, that's do amazing. Your yeah. Do your thing. It's like totally. trust too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coming back to something that we were talking about a couple minutes ago and that we have been talking about is like authentic authenticity almost. I sort of mm-hmm. associate to that. A lot of people are having like issues recently. Or not recently, but over the past years, especially with social media, with authenticity. Um, I always ask people for like tips and tricks on it. Um, now, it's, yeah. it's very hard to be like, Give mm-hmm. very general tips about being your authentic self. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no authentic self. Yeah, you're always under a lens. Like if you if you spied on me, if I thought I was alone and you spied on me, you'd be like, "Who is that?" This? Looks nothing like her. I'm like literally like watching Shrek, like stuffing my face. There's like plates all over my bed. <laughs> um, maybe that is who, who I project. I mean, it's pretty like, on. It's pretty what I see on your <laughs> on your stories <laughs> that it's uh you know there in psychology you learn about like the you you have a perceived self so there's never like I'm never one hundred percent myself yeah yeah sure but I feel like I there's a lot of masking when you have ADHD and you have mental illness and I think the fact that I work with people that allow me to not have like it's like a veil yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, a little yeah. veil mask. Mm-hmm. instead of like a full-blown like 10 inch mask in front of me it's so much different working with people and we normally we attract people that allow us to be well yeah ourselves. that's kind of where i would say like social media for me was like yes of course you're always it's like social media has been described as like a bunch of mini cults right where like you follow yeah, a person totally. and you you know you idolize them or you whatever right now Obviously, I could speak for weeks about social media. That being said, I do like to think that I use it in a kind of a responsible way. Um, For me, what that means is like being careful on when I use filters, trying to be as real as possible, right? While still maintaining some level of privacy and stuff. But like if I take my album Shell, for example, which was very much, very, very personal album. I chose to go about it in a very real way. I was like, here's what it's about. Here's how it made me feel. And, you know, it was very much about my divorce, complete heartbreak chronic illness, and then the rising from the ashes. And what I did learn is that if I can be as real as can be on that platform, in that moment, I think that can shift. I don't use social media the same way now. I'm a mom. I'm really, I'm much busier. Um, but it, it, it did exactly what you just said. It drew in people 
that were mm-hmm. just what I was needing in those moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not only like a support system, but also so many fans. And I say that my platform has so little people, but you don't know your platform doesn't show the extent of who listens to you and oh who appreciates you. And yeah, that's where it's very misleading. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would receive, there's a time when I really shell that I would receive 50 messages a day. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people being like, yeah. I, you said something that I can identify with, or you are making me realize my whole life isn't, or we'll get into this dialogue that's so profound and they end up really supporting me. And so mm-hmm. I think social media is something you have to use very carefully, but also there are definitely, definitely like positive things that come out of being like, Kind of as real as possible, and I think you have to remove the fear. I don't think anything that's based in fear is going to is going to benefit you. Yeah, and I think I think I've also stopped um, going against my instinct. Yeah, mm. like I used to be like, don't say this, don't say this, or like right, in, right, in, right, in right, interviews. Right. An example, an inter- a radio interview, and you're like, they're like, how do you write your music or whatever, and it's like. Instead, before I would have like a set answer and I'd be like, oh my God, this is, but now I'm like not scared to be like, well, it's, it's difficult. Like we're not scared to like be like, oh, yeah. it's, it's hard working as a band and it, it's hard, the music business part. Yeah, and, yeah, totally. it, and then I've stopped going against what I would normally say if is, is what I'm trying to say. Right. I'm try I try to say what immediately comes into my head. Sometimes I do have a filter. You have to filter to a point. <laughs> well, to course, a point. Because yeah, but, yeah. you're still... Well, it's a job. A it's a job. Exactly. It's yeah, a it's a job. But I still, yeah. I, I've stopped going against my instinct, like fully, and trying to be like this other person. And what totally. that's actually done too, which is super relevant to like your podcast, is that it's brought us to our perfect niche. So people are like, "Oh, you're a bit alternative. You're a little bit punk." Like they see us and they're like, two women, totally. white women." You know, this, whatever. They can make I'm all these judgments with our dressing. And little do they know, it's like, well, we're queer. We're super punk actually we are we have intense adhd which makes us a specific type of person but it also makes us a specific type of worker Mm -hmm. and now we are doing all these festivals where people are like i had no idea you were this badass or i had no idea you even had this in you or Mm -hmm. they might judge our our maybe because we don't play like sick guitar or sick piano Mm -hmm. but but that doesn't mean we don't have a bunch of other set of skills yeah oh yeah and it also doesn't it doesn't matter anymore like people are there they want to see you. They want to see you because of social media. I think a lot of things. One thing that social media has made is that, you know, people don't necessarily need to love your music. They do, but hopefully, but, but they, they don't like need you. To. They yes, like you yeah, as a person. Yeah. People are there to yeah. see the the artist on stage. Yeah. yeah, we we often think about that as well. Mm-hmm. Music is. Um, I often think about uh, it about. It, Sorry, I often think about it sort of like as a negative thing because people aren't necessarily there to see the music, but this is coming from a musician's mm-hmm. point of view. Social media has definitely um, uh, sort of made sense of like the celebrity kind of yeah. mm-hmm. artist. Like mm-hmm. this individual, is, it's almost cult-like. Like Absolutely. That's why you can't get too hung up on the numbers too. Maybe yeah. like you got to measure more like the the quality over quantity oh, yeah, social yeah. media yeah, or totally. it will drive you insane yeah. and i think too um i lost oh i think too once me and magdal are on tour mm-hmm. by the time we're on tour by the time we're performing and on stage we've done all that huge work so we are able to like be yeah. ourselves you know totally, totally. like when you, you came into real. the project you're like you y'all you and nate are like working and like trying to put things together at this point we've written the song 
we've had the song arranged, we've released it, we've written all the grants, done all the marketing, mm-hmm. you know, done all the social media. So then by the time we're like on tour, we we're get musicians. to be ourselves and yeah. we're musicians yes, yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, exactly. Totally, yeah. Totally. You mentioned something earlier um, that I want to sort of speak on because we don't have that much time. <laughs> oh. Um, is, um, is the importance of like the people and the, like the village around you. I see a family over there. You know, we're also um, Papa and baby are over there, and grandma and yeah. papa. <laughs> and uh, just like also like the support system. I know I don't know your family as much, but I also mm-hmm. know that your family is very supportive. Um, we have very supportive families. Yeah. My mom was watching me struggle a lot because I do have mental illness, and she was like, "You need to come live with us so yeah. you can do this project." Yeah, yeah. And I see you, and you're always traveling, and you're always even not even with just the project. She's like, "You're always on the road." Mm-hmm. She's like, "Come live with us, and you'll be free. We can take care of your dog. We can feed you." They literally come in the basement. And they bring me food, and they force me to eat so that I'm not working through lunch. Yeah. And um, it's been extreme. I would not be able to do this project without my parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even my sister who like yeah. s- babysits my dog. Like there's so many it takes people. I know so many people that without them, my friends, my friends who are like so patient when I'm like, sorry, I promised I would be there for your birthday, but I'm not, I'm gone. Hmm. And it's like, they're so patient and I could not even be like, I'm so grateful. Yeah, it's the same for me. Yeah. I don't think I could do it without my my support system yeah. my family my friends like like it makes me emotional because yeah like it's 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 emotional because it's sad to think that this is so hard that it could potentially just look very different without our support system yeah mm-hmm. but it's also emotional because it's like an, an immense privilege to have that these people oh around gosh, us yeah. yeah so yeah obviously eternal gratitude for that mm-hmm. um and it just goes to show that the end of the day, it's so fun, but it is very, very difficult mm-hmm. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, but it's worth it because it's so fun. Absolutely, it's like, uh, it's. But then when you do tour and you do play and you do write, it's like, phew. totally, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, sort of the village. Um, last topic before we we get into the game is uh, bilingualism, the community, <laughs> sort of an extension of our of our vid- village. Yeah, um, and uh, Franco. French Canada, all these things. I haven't. Re- I've only had one other person on this podcast who is really um, French Canadian, French Akim, uh, Akim. Yeah. Um, and we spoke about it a little bit, but not 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 that much. Um, how does and I, how does bi- the bilingual aspect of both your lives play a big effect on your band? Oof, it's I think like I, yeah, it's like an onion with like a million layers. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, probably yeah. the core would be like. Our bilingual selves, which is yes. just like who we are, yeah. our identity, and how we how we write, which is like two completely different ways of writing in French and English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then the there's like the community. Yeah. And in Sask, like it's I know it's similar like across Canada because there's like smaller communities, but um, in Sask it's like extremely tight knit to the point where people have like told us we're in a cult. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but we love we lo- we love. The people in our community, mm-hmm. and it's crazy because we have like little Francesquas pl- plaques, mm. um, car licenses. Oh yeah, car like like license plates. Uh, license yeah, plate. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Francesquas plates, mm-hmm. and uh, every time, like sometimes you don't even know them, you just like, hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Ontario is like, see, 
it's different. Obviously, we have like so many uh, francophone speakers in Ontario. Yeah. Um, even though Quebec is forever surprised by this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yes, many, many, many. I think it's like millions. 600,000. No, no, we're <laughs> forever we're, we're, surprised. We're millions. No, not in, in Ontario. Ontario. I think in all of Canada, it's like one million. Oh, but I think okay. we have six. I might be wrong. We have six hundred thousand. I think okay. maybe even a bit more, like maybe close to seven hundred thousand. Okay, okay. Ontario has like the bulk of it. Yes. And then yeah. the rest is like distributed through the other. But yeah, it's like it's over a million in Canada. Yeah. Oh, it's in in rest of Canada and Quebec. I think it's like eight million. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, around there. And the point is that um, it's it's we don't just have like one hub. It's like there's there are many hubs with many different dialects and many different realities. Totally. Um, my particular one is Eastern Ontario, which we're, we're very Quebec. Yeah. Like very Quebec, similar culture. It's the same culture, actually. Mm-hmm. It's just that it, it's just where, where we physically live. Yeah, is politically divided, but not yeah. politically and, and geographically divided. Ge- geographic divide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a complex thing because I don't necessarily have the same culture as other people in my own province or in the rest of Canada. Yeah. But I identify very strongly to the Quebec culture. So that's very yeah. weird to have that dual identity. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, then there's another layer of complexity. Like we have such pride in our language. Obviously we also mm-hmm. love speaking English and writing in English. So that's a thing that's always existing within, within us. There's like this polarization where like most English people can't understand it. Pure French people can't understand it. People who are bilingual can maybe understand it, but yeah. I think they still want us to pick a side. Yeah, they—that's the thing, and it's a language insecurity, and it's it, within that because in the, they do make you pick a side. They're like, you should be anglophone, you should yeah. be Frank. And it's like, no, can I be both? Yeah. Well, also because the granting system and all that stuff isn't necessarily yeah. bilingual. It's either exactly. Like, it's, it's it's very binary. Yeah, and we sense. live like we we they help us so much. Yes. So it is yeah. very hard to be like we don't need it. We very much do. Yeah. And yeah. um and then there's the added layer of complexity with the Quebec dynamic versus the rest of Canada mm-hmm. where like some provinces are in, some aren't, you know. Uh or it's just like you're some you can be tokenized, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um in a, on a different level than than you know BIPOC people. It's different, but it still does happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so there's a lot going on, but yeah, we live we live we are living proof of these communities and yeah. we also live and write for these communities and then we also write for completely different communities. So I think mm-hmm. it's just a big part of us while not being our entire person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find that there's a huge um support from from Francophiles or even just Anglophones, maybe they don't know a word in, in French, who are like, We love your music, well, like your French music, and like even our if music they don't is understand, growing in Brazil. Exactly, like there's there. I feel like there's not there's less of a language barrier in real life than there is within like the yes. grant system. Yeah. And oh like yeah, the that's la- true. Like the yeah. perceived the perceived barrier versus barrier, like, the actual. There's no. There's not totally, really any barrier. Totally. Like I listen to. Yeah, Spanish music. I don't really understand. I was going to say, yeah, Spanish. Yeah, music is becoming more and more globalized yeah. as well, right? Yeah, we're seeing. I think the, the biggest artist in 2022 was uh, Bad Bunny, mm. in regards to, like oh, streams yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So, um, I think Spanish is definitely massive. Um, definitely, especially if 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 it's we say accessible if, too, right? Yeah, exactly. Like and, it's yeah, and if we say that the the states own sort of like the the. I guess the music industry in the sense of like popularity and stuff and Spanish will definitely come from that as oh, well, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm de- I wasn't, def- I was definitely not surprised by the bad bunny kind of, um, no. Yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I guess the next question is um, the game. <laughs> it, well, we could play the game, but even before that, is just like um, something that's very particular and unique about Bonectal is that you don't necessarily live in the same city. Yeah, and while that's <laughs> was, while and while that's not like that's not necessarily something that's that's rare. Yeah. Um, but you often see it with like like be, like huge bands like, sure. that don't live necessarily <laughs> live in the same city and then can get together. Not the Bay bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, are there some things that you want to talk about? There's some some pros and cons to that. Just some realities yeah. of of that and um, totally. But uh, because I know there's also some pros as well. You want to say the pros? I'll say the cons. Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll start with the cons so we can well, end on the positive. Sometimes I forget that we don't live in the same. I do too. In the same city. Yeah. Like we are so always talking mm-hmm. uh, on meetings, Zoom meetings. And then on top of that, because you know what? Half the work I do in Saskatchewan is also remote, you know? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's getting easier and easier. It is. It is. And, yeah. s- and, and sometimes I forget. And then we get a lot of opportunities to just meet. Like I saw her in January. I saw her in May. So, you know, like I saw February. Well, we're on the road <laughs> a lot. So I think a lot of people don't realize like when you're musicians, like you're not actually doing all that much work just in your town, like maybe rehearsing or writing, mm. but often writing is at a residency anywhere. Like we've been to Mitzi Crossing in Alberta. Then we were at Banff Center for the Arts this year for a mm-hmm. month. And it's like, you're not always writing at home. You're not yeah. always rehearsing at home. Like, obviously those are probably the two things that would be the most complex. It's like writing and rehearsing would be way easier if we could just meet whenever we're in the mood. Cause you don't want to write on zoom. You want to yeah. do that stuff mm-hmm. together. Totally. But the pros are that, well, we're, we have funding from two different provinces. Mm-hmm. Um, we have networks from two different provinces. Yes, yeah. And uh, I guess tips are just utilizing technology as much as possible, utilizing grants, and mm-hmm. using those networks, justement. Like, mm-hmm. So you can get to tour in a bunch of spots and have all these contacts, and then we're growing our individual portfolios too this way. So it's yeah. I think the cons are like, just rehearsing in person. Yeah, we like Costs, we were talking yeah. about how she usually comes up with a melody, I come up with lyrics. That's easy to do distance. She'll send me like yeah. a little voice memo. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, here's a voice memo with, with words. Like mm. it's been surprisingly easy and there's not that many cons. No, it's not. It's just mostly like getting together to rehearse, but then that happens even with musicians, right? Where like you don't live in the same city as me or Amy. Yeah. And we're gonna have to meet as a band when we do play together. Yeah, so it's yeah, like totally. I think it's the reality of the industry to a degree. Well, and what helps too is that we've chosen to kind of like make our lives flexible in like a no- nomad way. Well, it's our full time job. Yeah. So, so like this is all we do. Yeah. So I I can go to Montreal for like three and a half months, which is what I'm doing. So She's an hour and away away now. Mm-hmm. So we've optimized our lives to make it possible. The reason I saw her in May, she's driving from Vancouver to Yeah, I Ottawa. live in Vancouver half the year. I'm allowed I can do that because music is my full time gig and so mm-hmm. I can decide to skip winter and live there for half the year, then yeah. be here. And yeah. I don't know, we're very mobile, we're very like flexible, but obviously not everyone can do that. But mm-hmm. I think then you just have to use technology. You touched on the creating creation process briefly. Um, is it is it sort of like a hard thing to do? I, I know, like, let's say for the recent album that came out, Tulips, check it out. Uh, <laughs> is uh, like was that was that a writing process that was a bulk like those sixteen songs yeah. basically? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we wrote a ton of those mm-hmm. right then. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so yeah. and then is is there like another like bulk session Entra. on the way? Entrar in Alberta, Mitzi Carson. On the way, well, yeah, we'd love to have another. We we will need another one for our English album. Yeah. Since we've written half those songs, we have mm-hmm. another half. So, yeah, we definitely have to meet for, like, a, a, a nice chunk. Yeah. <laughs> a chunk. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's nice. I'll be here for four months. I can just 
drive on over. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Nate and I are an, an hour from each other. You know, I'm from oh. a, I'm an hour away from my studio, so it's like oh, that yeah. hour drive from Montreal to Lagnal is uh, is definitely not. As big as people. Oh, yeah. May, and may she think. gets a bunch of voice notes from me. Like, I'll be in the car because that's when my brain can shut off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, shout on, in the shower too when you're not Oh, you mean the two moments where you're not on your phone? Weird yeah. how that happens. That's so <laughs> Exactly. But then I'm still on my phone. I mean, legally, for legal reasons. You meant in the I'm shower. Parked. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll be like, oh, my God, I have an idea. And I'll send her, like, a bunch of voice notes, and it's, like, 10 voice notes. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I sent you 10 voice notes, but my brain is just going off. And yeah. so, yeah. Technology. Yeah. yeah. And we are back. Clown Machine Podcast, 24th episode with Bo Nectar. It's Mike and Amy. Uh, just about to finish up the podcast, but we got to get through the Dream Fest game. We spoke about it uh, before we pressed record. Um about a couple ideas that they've had. And I've, I've sort of allowed for like a carte blanche, like a blank canvas. Yes. Um, but I'm going to tell the, for the people who are listening um, what this, this game normally is. So DreamFest is um, sort of an opportunity to get to know more about uh, our guests and what they like um, mm-hmm. and what they'd like to see from a more of a curatorial sort of practice. Um, I asked them... Um, what their dream lineup would be for uh, for an e- evening of a sh- of a show, which is headliner, second headliner, opener, where that show would be, when it would be, like throughout the year, the attendance and the ticket price. Um, mm-hmm. For y'all, I'll also add like a, <laughs> a, a a special guest where it's like there's a like so somebody shows up in the crowd, a random person, or people oh. people somebody's like invited on stage oh. or somebody like that. Fancy um, Normally, the, the dream f- with the games, we sort of cut and then we cu- come back when people have like written down their answers. But okay. I think for you both, it's more of like a sort of a discussion. So we talked about it before, but okay. who would be like headlining the evening? Beyonce, <laughs> Lana Del Rey, yeah. Karen O, and Sandy Gold. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And would there be more artists as well there? Or yeah. is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like a so ton then, of indie amazing artists. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's, but it's hard to just pick. One, so I usually go with like the big, big ones. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Of course, there's like so many artists I would yeah. love to yeah. see. Um, then we picked French francophone artists that we we both love. Mm. Um, well, we have Daniel Belanger, mm. but we also put Metronomy because that's a band that I oh, yeah. that I like showed Sylvain Esso. Amy, yeah, that's mm. a big one too. Oh my god! Also, while we're at it, Radiohead, obviously, but like <laughs> Jean Leloup as well. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, and then, did we have anyone else as our? We have like did a we ton have of indie ones? artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it would take place in Palm Springs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course. That's it, like that's where we want to go to live. Have yeah. you been? Yes, Both? I haven't. Okay. Well, kind of. I mean, I lived in San Francisco, and I've been to LA and like the surroundings. But I, I guess technically Palm Springs, no. Maybe I just like watch a bunch of movies that are set in Palm Springs and yeah, I've yeah, like yeah. cosplayed so much so that I it's think so I've pink. been it's so pink I don't think I've been like mm-hmm. I've been around how far is it from LA um because I've driven I, all I, around LA I, and around yeah 
not quoted for this, but a couple hours, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't. Then I don't think so. Yeah, I definitely haven't been to Joshua it's, Tree. It's near the desert and stuff. Coachella yeah. happens like near there. Well, this would be competing with Coachella. It would be yeah. also <laughs> in the April. Next weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. The weekend yeah. right after. We would do it at the, at Trixie Motel because that's we're in love with yeah. that place. Yeah. And Trixie's a drag queen that we both really love. Yeah. And um, it, the, but the t- but it would be intimate, so the tickets would be like ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars, yeah. <laughs> or free if you're like, no, it would be like pay scale. Oh yeah, good oh, idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, I think a lot of it should go to charity too. Like the richer yeah. you are, the more it goes to like places that actually need the it. artists they it's have to pay to play. To it's pay to play, but for like Beyonce, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it goes to charity. That's exactly, awesome. and she's okay because she's like, okay, I make a donation. This helps my taxes, and then and right. I get to go to Palm happy. Springs and to hang out with Amy and Marie Claude. And then our yeah. guests, like our guest people that would show up like in the crowd, like you were saying, yeah. would be Shrek. <laughs> the one and a only. fictional character and, and Lloyd's P who is like our one and if person you know, you know yeah and if mm. he's the one person we would like probably fight, fight over yeah. yeah like in the Venn diagram like, people like horses like my Emmy's type and then Mario's type and then like the Venn diagram is one person it's Lloyd's P yeah so, so the other one probably sure <laughs> it was <laughs> Wow. Somehow, Polly Shore is in there. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. They're going to be. Listen, yeah. 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 So that's that. <laughs> yeah. It's that's, not complicated. Yeah, that's no, our no, dream no, no. fest. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how we basically end the episode. Um, thank you very oh, much for um, inviting me to your home. Merci, Jeanette. Merci, Jeanette. Ah, oh, merci, Jeanette. <laughs> Jeanette uh, is. Yeah. actually epic though and yeah. incredible oh my gosh yeah. 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 yeah we all love Jeanette. we love Jeanette mm-hmm. um, yeah but thank you again for coming thanks on thanks for having us and um, thank you for listening um, everybody 24th episode of the Cloud Machine Podcast